0: Rub shoulders with the stars at Kildare Village. Famous names like Missoni, Sandro and Pinko. Eat with Saba and Sprout. Explore with the North Face and stay stylish with Johnstons of Stay fit with Adidas and Under Armour. Stay cool with Benefit and Ted Baker. And stay gorgeous with the Koopals. Wow them with new brands, Seven for All Mankind and Sweaty Betty. All superstars, all at Kildare Village. Something extraordinary
1: every day. The Hard Shoulder On Talk
0: With Nissan Subscribe and Drive No deposit No compromise No fuss Find out more at Nissan.ie It's
1: an absolute pleasure this week to be joined uh, by the comedian by the television host and now novelist Mel Gedroich Mel you're very welcome to the show it's good to talk oh. to you Listen, lovely to
0: talk to you. When you said the word novelist, I had a slight... My heart sort of slightly leapt, did a bit of a somersault of fear. I had slightly sweating palms at that word. Um, really? But You're still yeah, not comfortable yeah. with with the title? I, I, I still can't quite believe it, actually. Um, yes, um, it's been quite a long time brewing. And um, to actually do it feels... Yeah, it feels great, though. Sorry, sorry, i Waffling away, but thank
1: you. No, you're not. We should give the name of it, I suppose, uh, to people who are wondering what we're talking about. The Best Things, uh, your, your yes. first novel, uh, which is uh, out now. Can you tell me a little bit about it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a comedy, hopefully. Um, it's a sort of feel-good, escapist story about a family um, who start the book and you kind of think they have everything. They absolutely have life on a plate. It's nailed the dad is a hedge fund manager. They've got tons of money. They've got a nanny. They've got a cook. They've got a basement gym. You know, they're living life on a supersized scale. And very, very quickly, it goes. They lose absolutely everything, all their material goods, the roof above their head. Um, and it's how they fall and fail and then climb back up. That's That's the story. It's how they... I don't want to give too much away. Actually, I was about to say no. at the end. I'm not going to. Do that. be <laughs> don't do that. <laughs>
1: is, is it uh, autobiographical?
0: Um, I think there are elements of um, of my own experience in there. Definitely, I think as a novelist, uh, as a novelist, um, <laughs> you sort of tend to draw on stuff that's happened to you. I think that's that's a good thing. I think, and certainly with comedy, I think it's certainly true that often the best stuff is the stuff that's actually real you know you, you you know um so yes i mean i had a bit of a financial bump 15 years ago i mean nothing on the scale that happens in my story to the parker family um but yeah i had a bit of a, a rough old financial hiccup shall we say and that certainly made me think okay right life is not always how you think it's going to be. And you've got to get through the bad stuff to get to the good stuff. And I'm sure that informed this story, definitely.
1: Uh, uh, people might might be surprised to hear that about, you know, your own financial bump, because 15 years ago, uh, you know, you, you you have been well established. People would have known you. And I suppose it's our perception, maybe when we see people on TV. you, you kind of have this idea, you know, that those people have made it. You know, <laughs> they are quids in for life. <laughs>
0: Uh, yes, no, absolutely. And listen, I'm not in any way weaving some awful sob story and saying, oh, my life is so difficult. You know, I mean, we all have ups and downs, don't we? We all have the kind of the good times and, and the bad times. I think if you're sort of, if you're in the bosom of, of Dame showbiz, um, then it can be quite fickle. So, um, I mean, what happened to me was uh, I had two kids under two, And work slightly fell by the wayside because, well, I don't know for what reason I think people just thought, oh, you know, whatever, she's done that. We don't want her on everything. No, we're not going to give her that. No, we're not going to offer her anything. Um, And also I wanted to be at home and be around for the kids. So anyway, uh, work was a bit was a bit lean. And um, the one gig I did have was a really nice little ad campaign, a TV ad campaign for a bread. And Sue and I did it together and we just thought, this is brilliant, you know, this is this is really good, this is good money and, you know, we just have to make a couple of ads a year, this is brilliant, it works really well with having kids, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, stupid, stupid me, I thought these ads would go on for like 20 years. I thought this is going to be like the Bisto ads, you know, and um, <laughs> a, a letter... You, you, you
1: will be to bread what Gary Lineker is to crisps. <laughs> to crisps,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, a letter comes plopping through uh the letterbox one morning onto the doormat and I opened it up and it was it was um Dear Mel, thank you so much for your work on the ad. Da-da-da, we will no longer be requiring your services. Ooh. And we just literally borrowed a stupid eye-watering sum of money from the bank to buy a house that we couldn't afford. Um so suddenly it was whipped away. But as my mum said, my mum is she's very wise and no nonsense. And she said, well, it's good to learn to cut your cloth, Melanie, um, which kind of annoyed me at the time. But she was she was right. You know, it was a good lesson for us. You know, we were living beyond our means. And um, that's a plane. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe that. Can you hear that? That is actually a plane. A, 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 an aer-
1: and an, a real airplane has gone yes. overhead, has it?
0: That's bizarre. I haven't heard one of those for about five months. What's going on?
1: It's great to see, isn't it? Stamping (laughs) our our authority back over nature.
0: (laughs) Really dropping some pollutants out of the sky. Lovely. (laughs) Onto the West London area. Um, No, so, uh, yeah, it's funny. You know, you look back on those things with slightly kind of rose-tinted glasses. It was pretty stressful at the time. I'm not going to lie. Um, but now, of course, I can look back and it's a kind of nice, hazy learning experience, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But it was it was pretty scary, yeah. actually. I think we all live life a bit like that. Um, I mean, but, well, you know, at the moment, it's another story, isn't it? It's very. Um, oh Yeah, it's serious. How, how, you know? <laughs> it's very
1: serious. How have you found yeah. lockdown?
0: It's been, I think probably the same as as everyone else in terms of it being very up and down we've had some we've had some real sadnesses and um and we've had some good times as well um it's been lovely actually i say with a slightly twitching eye having the family all together (laughs) um i've got an 18 year old and a (laughs) 17 year old and it's been i'm going to use the word lively it's been very (laughs) very lively there have been some absolute crying with laughter moments and then some really pretty bleak moments. But um, it's the same for everybody, isn't it? How have you been? How have you found it?
1: Well, mine, I have two and they're four and six, which I think makes it a little easier because, you know, know, you remember when yours are four and six, you you kind of do everything with them anyway, Do you know, so like a lot of the time there hasn't been huge change to the daily routine. Like this morning we walked over and they fed horses through a fence in the field across the road i mean oh. we'd probably have done that anyway without lockdown oh, wow, and
0: nice oh that sounds so lovely but the you know i i dodged the old homeschooling uh bullet
1: um, oh god which, yes don't mention <sighs> it
0: i mean full respect to all you amazing parents carers out there I mean, yeah, I did did
1: hear someone say recently, you know, perish the thought in 20 years time, the world leaders would be everyone who was homeschooled by a group of borderline alcoholic parents for six weeks, six months. But anyway,
0: (laughs) some really rogue decisions, some really rogue decisions being played out on the world stage. Really going to look out for that. Um,
1: Yeah, but. The, um, I suppose, uh, b- back to, to the book then for a moment. It, it, it's probably inevitable then that some of that life experience did creep into, into the story uh, in the book. I mean, uh, did you always have this ambition, this kind of, you know, uh, rose-tinted idea? Wouldn't it be great to be a novelist? We all like to think we've got a novel in us.
0: Oh, do you know what? I mean, the funny thing is, actually, with with the best things, that this book, is that I didn't write it in lockdown. I'd already finished the first draft um, before Corona was even known about. And it's quite odd that actually people have picked up on this element of the story, which is, you know, a family learning to live with a lot less than they had. And they kind of think, oh, gosh, so, you know, is this a kind of lockdown? Not at all. It's really bizarre. I'd written it, um, you know, in 2019. Um, as to your second question, this rose-tinted idea of being a novelist, um, yeah, I'm going to just come clean and say absolutely yes. I mean, I've had this idea of myself for the last, I don't know, 30 years, writing in some fragrant uh, room, you know, with the light pouring in gently and a herbal tea possibly on the brew um, and lots of books on all the shelves, you know, inspiring books on shelves around me <laughs> and some kind of orthopaedic st- some sort of orthopedic style chair that one perches on or even maybe one stands up i think philip pullman stands up when he writes actually you know a kind of standy uppy desk and you just kind of wander around having these incredible thoughts the reality was quite different it was slight panic on deadline looming and i i went to my local library actually um I found it very difficult to write at home because it was too distracting. So I used to get on my bike and I would have to be at the local library at five to nine so that I would be first through the door. I got very, very, um, very OCD about that, actually. And um, I had to sit in the same chair. It was a blue swivel chair. I had to sit in that uh, same chair. So I think the reality was probably less rose tinted than I had um, I had hoped for. But it was great fun. I absolutely loved writing it. Not no all of it. It was it was weird and hard, but I I did love I did love it.
1: If you're just uh, tuning into the hard shoulder, uh, Mel Giedroyc is my guest. Uh, her novel, her first novel, first of many, I'm sure. The best things uh, has just been released. Did did I butcher your name, Mel?
0: You do you know I was actually, I'm smiling, I'm I'm really chuffed. That was so perfect. That was so was perfect. It? Yeah, you know, no, I, so watched, a,
1: I watched a YouTube video of you being introduced uh, in Oran Moore at some uh, oh, literary no! festival, or maybe, <laughs> and then um, you had to correct the perfectly nice gentleman who was interviewing you. So I, I listened very carefully.
0: You are, that's, you're, that's professionalism. There's another plane. I can't believe it. I don't know if you're catching that. There is actually <laughs> another plane, Heathrow Airport gang is yeah something's occurring it's it's waking up that's quite weird oh
1: nice to hear though was when you when you i assume joking aside i assume you had to spell your name uh, umpteen times every day growing up
0: yes um yeah I, i mean a couple of my siblings and i did we sort of had a chat and said look should we just pretend our name's goodrich you know it's so much easier, you know, when you're, book, I don't know, booking a mini cab or whatever you're doing just to say Goodrich. But my dad would have been so mortally livid and upset that we, we, we couldn't ever have done that to him. So um, we've stuck with the... It, it's like a sort of countdown conundrum, you know, when they flip all the letters out and they're all, <laughs> they're all consonants. Do you know what I mean? There's not a vowel to be had and you sort of think, oh... It, Yeah,
1: it's mad. It is mad. But um, Why was it so important to your dad?
0: Well, I think um, he came to Britain uh, in 1947, having had a very, very crazily tough war being sent to Siberia when he was 11 years old, uh, which is obviously not the best childhood imaginable. And um, he came here when he was 17, um, and I think he really had nothing i mean he had no material goods to speak of he was in a sort of trainee polish army uniform because he'd been training um he never made it into the army because he was too young but he was out in the middle east they'd escaped from siberia and got into the middle east it's a, he wrote a great book about it actually um and um yeah he basically came with nothing and i think all he really had was his name um and a kind of mad totally fresh start in this new country he didn't speak English um so his name was everything and I suppose he kind of passed that passed that down to us really
1: um that's nice it's nice yeah. to, that it, you know that that it meant so much to him is that is it a, a part of your identity that you're conscious of is it something you know you're you 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 yeah. actively kind of try to wear on your sleeve your identity yeah, from your dad or
0: yeah very much so i mean it's something um that i'm really proud of um and it's funny actually as a novelist i'm going to say this now a lot now you've said it <laughs> yeah, yeah. as a novelist um <laughs> I think when you are writing fiction it's really important to be a bit of an observer. I mean I've always done that ever since I started writing um comedy with Sue. You know, you're observing, you're listening to people, you're you're making notes, uh things that you find funny, you know, all that stuff. And somehow being half and half, you know, I've got half British, half Central European, Polish, Lithuanian. It's sort of I don't know you can you can dip between one and the other and it sort of gives you leeway in a funny way to to observe i think um if that makes any sense i'm sort of i never feel completely like i'm both feet in one camp i think that's what it is and that's quite nice you feel like you're a you feel like you're a bit under the radar somehow um yeah yeah i i really like it it feels great having sort of these two different um heritages um yeah it feels good actually feels good a bit of a shame about the old uh yeah anyway we won't go into that but the whole europe thing <laughs> is is a great sadness yeah. to me but um is it yeah oh yeah 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 I'm, I'm i'm actually thankful um my 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 dad um died um very soon after the, the referendum um in britain and Luckily, was not around to see this mess that uh, we seem to be in. So, I'm very thankful for that actually, because I think it would have really, really pained him, because he felt very, very much, you know, a European, part of Europe, a, a Brit as well. By, by, um, you know, by, uh, I've, 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 I've literally got no vocabulary this morning, but uh, no, he felt very European, and I think it would have, would have really, really worried him all this. But anyway. Yeah. Onwards and upwards, we've got to be hopeful, I suppose.
1: Yeah, we, we do. Well, listen, we're, you mentioned uh, Sue there. Any other projects on the horizon?
0: Yeah, we're just actually about to start filming. Um, it's a show we do for Sky called Hitmen, and it's really fun. It's a comedy, and we play two hitmen. Um, very, obviously, middle-aged women, perimenopausal, <laughs> uh, but hitmen nonetheless, and we're just about to do series two of that. So it's, oh, we've waited quite a long time. It's been delayed a few times because of Corona. So um, we are finally starting uh, to film. So it just feels really exciting and we love doing projects together. We do a lot of stuff on our own, but it's always a treat to kind of come back together and do something, um, you know, especially if it's a comedy, it's just uh, great yeah. fun. So I feel I- very lucky.
1: You've another novel in you as well, don't you?
0: Well, as a novelist... Um,
1: as a novelist, <laughs> you'll have to say that everywhere you go. As a novelist, I'll have the grande americano. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, no, I mustn't become that awful person that wears a pashmina and glasses on chains. I really mustn't. Note to self. <laughs> note to self. Um, no, I. The Best Things is set in Leatherhead, which is where I grew up, the first 11 years of my life, and... My ambition has always been to put Leatherhead on the literary map and I want to write a Leatherhead trilogy. That's the plan. So it's not going to be the same cast of characters necessarily. um, And it won't necessarily be a domestic setting next time. It'll be something else. But I want to write three stories that are set in Leatherhead. That's the plan. So let's see if that comes to fruition.
1: All right. Uh, well, we so. we wish you the uh, best of luck with them and the best of luck with Aww. the with the first novel.
0: Thank you so so much. It's been really lovely to talk to you. Thank you. <laughs>